Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. The only netcast on the net dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world. Advanced Squad Leader. What game? Advanced Squad Leader. Oh, yeah. Let's do Advanced Squad Leader tonight. Okay. Well, I happen to have brought some ASL stuff with me to do. What a coinkinink. Well, and I brought Bob. Good enough or works Bob, for me. Bob showed up. I did show up. Bob showed I up. I heard there was free drinks here. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> over here there are some. And there are. For you. <laughs> I got the Sam Adams Winter Lager, which I'm not really enjoying. I shouldn't have bought oh, this. I'll have that. I'll trade you a Honey Brown. Why would I, That doesn't sound good. Oh, yeah. Honey it's got honey so, in it. Oh, I like it's honey nice brown. and light. It's, it's good. I but just I like beer. I like beer. That's just better. Better. Okay. It's, it's a good All right. Are you sick? No. Cheers. No, I'm going to drink this. Okay, he'll finish I'm going to drink this and just... I'm well, you like my mom taught me. me. My mom taught me, you know, because I say, finish. Mom, I really don't like this beer. Drink your beer <laughs> finish or you don't get any what dessert. What you start, son. Yeah. It's so advice. So, yeah, <laughs> yes, it is. And so this is Thanks, episode, episode 84. Yeah. And the date is... Uh, January 14th, 2013. Wow. Happy New Year, Bob. We made it through the uh, 2012. Whew, barely. Yeah. The Mayans, the world did not mm. collapse. That's right. Yeah, at school, to explain that to the students, because they were often asking about that, I would walk over and take the calendar off the wall. Oh, I keep a birthday book there that the kids sign. Okay, no need too much TMI. So I take this calendar, and I turn it to October and go, oh, look, what's after that? November. Oh, good. What's after that? December. Oh, good. What's after that? And I turn it, and there's nothing. And then I scream. <laughs> I get the point. There. And the kids all yeah. start laughing. Oh, yeah. See, the world, you'd think it would end because there's nothing on the calendar. And they're pretty much like, oh, okay. Yeah. Thank God for tenure. That's <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I, think you, I think you say that a lot when you're on this show, Bob. <laughs> I said that before. I got to get I'm some gonna... new material. <laughs> No, I kind of like that one. I kind of like, keep going. Well, tenure's gone now in Illinois, so I'll be out the door soon. Well, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a long and painful subject. You know, I guess now would be the time, if you wanted to print up some, to print up some Mayan calendars for 2013, because nobody's done it. <laughs> we could get right. the market on that. Oh, Just think how many we could I'll sell. I bet those would have sold like hotcakes oh, yeah. before the... Oh, they'll still sell oh, like hotcakes. Yeah, that's a novelty item. Before, I don't know. I think the moment of opportunity has passed. Oh, that's it. Selling... We've got to wait another millennium or something until yeah, the next I, cataclysm. I think so. Right. I'm sure some other ancient civilization stopped <laughs> their calendar in maybe 2018 <laughs> yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, so if your ancient civilization has got got a calendar that's going to end, please write us at the two half squads at gmail.com. That would be good. Yeah. That would be interesting. I'm just impressed that the Mayans thought to write their calendar yeah. all the way up till 2012. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it that was very actually, yeah. uh, optimistic of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't really last all that long. And they missed a lot of good squad leader. They did. Yeah, as a result. So what do we start with? I guess we should talk about squad leader. <clears throat> oh, let's look over at the big board. Oh, letters. Mr. Maestro, the uh, music, please. And Bob has the first letter. Our first letter here is from Nelson Isada. I hope I have that mm-hmm. right. I think so. And it's concerning Tom Petty's Los LOS Play Aid. It says, Gentlemen, consider discussing this excellent play aid at some future episode. 
And then link to episode 76, Line of Sight. Thanks. And thank you, Nelson. Thanks, Nelson. And we did that. I have included that link in episode 76 to Tom Rapetti's most excellent Line of Sight. Though, really, you know, having that having that cogent, intelligent, um, distilled discussion of Line of Sight is not nearly as good as our rambling and bumbling. About it. Yeah. Yeah, so we haven't read it to talk about tonight, but maybe in a future episode we'll talk about it specifically. Yeah. I would like to say thanks to Jeffrey M., Alberto H., and Matthew M. for their kind donations that may help us to pay for our bandwidth this upcoming year. Yeah, how wide is our band this year? It's very, very wide. My band is getting wider. I've had to... (laughs) You're getting thinner. No, I've got a New Year's resolution to thin my band. Oh, bit. are you going to kick the drummer out? Yeah, <laughs> if, need, if need be. Do I get a Do I get a letter to read? Sure. Oh, and thank you to Matt Morocco for sending us a swag package that we're going to review some uh, an item, the critical hit, and other things. Oh yes, here. Thank you, Matt. And now we have a letter here from a new listener, James. Thank you for chiming in, James, and letting us know that you're out there. And he says little lengthy letter. I'm going to read it, most all of it. I'm a lifelong gamer and have recently returned to ASL after 20 years. When I started thinking about getting back into the game and looking into online resources, I was pleasantly surprised to find your podcast. I've listened to every episode thus far, and some more than once. Wow. And find them highly entertaining and informative. Probably that Looney Tunes one is on his top favorite list. (laughs) They've been a big help to me. Uh, One, and he loves the interviews. One of the reasons... I wanted to get back in ASL, apart from it truly being the greatest game in the world, yeah, was for the sense of camaraderie that stems from face-to-face gameplay. That's a great point. It is. And yeah. we're experiencing it now with face-to-face podcasting. Yeah. And I had spent many years playing online computer games, but never felt that feeling of community. And so, yeah, he mentions Vassal, but... But you can play online games in your underwear. <laughs> True. Well, we, we podcast in our underwear. We do, yeah. But we don't play face-to-face in our underwear. I took my underwear off. Oh, did you? Yeah. Good well, thing I was very... haven't looked under the table. <laughs> you mean since you sat down? Yeah. Oh, wow. I hope that's okay. Yeah. If Robin comes down, you have to put your coat over your lap. <laughs> and he says, I came to the conclusion that in order to quench my thirst for a flesh and blood opponent, I was going to have to start teaching the game. Teaching the game. Well, that's a good now, way to do it. This yeah. is what I want to talk about here. The thought of teaching ASL was quite daunting to me. I'd only played for a few years in college and was not confident in my ability to instruct anyone. I decided to check out Starkit 1 and happily discovered that I had retained enough ASL knowledge to successfully take a newbie through the module. I, it fanned the flames of, I fanned the flames of interest in a couple of friends, and after some basic instructions, sat down head-to-head ASL SKS1 retaking Virville. They were hooked instantly. He found the right guys. Yeah. And now... They try. We try to meet for regular play. At the moment, there are three of us in our little club, and I'm starting to court a fourth person. And one of them is as enthusiastic and has already gotten through all of the SK1 scenarios. See, I, that's the way to do it. Yeah, that's amazing. That's good. That's great. Yeah. Do we know where uh, James is uh, living at? Does he? Oh. Any, any indication? No. No. He doesn't say. Oh, that's right, James. If you'd like us to put out an all-call. Because there's great resources to find. Most even small cities or, or areas you know, have ASL players. Yeah. And there's a lot of resources to be able to, to, to put a 
you know, put your word out on the internet and, and probably maybe find some players. In yeah, area. and start with us, James. Let us know where you're from, and we'll put that out next time. We'll match you up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he says, I'm very excited to be back in the hobby, and so on and so forth. Thank you, James. I don't blame him. That's great. It's a wonderful letter. I have, uh, it's always nice to find somebody that has found us, and I noticed that we're, we're working our way up in the Google search. So when you search Advanced Squad Leader, we're now on the first page about the sixth or seventh item down below, uh, you know, obviously right. MMP and Game Squad and uh, Board Game Geek. But we're working our way up. Uh, but the other thing, ASL is a great community, isn't it? It is. It is, yeah. I mean, you, you know people all over the world who talk to people because the game has to be played face-to-face with people. Yeah. And so that tends to uh, develop communities and cities and towns all over. Yeah. So it's uh, it's really a positive thing about it. It sell over other war games. Um, did you go to Aslock? You went to Aslock this year, yeah? No. Last year? No? Okay. It's been two years since I Okay. Went. Yeah. Oh really? That long? Oh, mm-hmm. when when I met you? Yeah, when we, we were there. Two yeah, years ago. yeah, it was. We yeah, we don't go a lot, but now this year we're probably not going to go to Gen Con, but might we do Origins? Maybe. Yeah, or I like to do Winter Offensive, although it's too late now, isn't it? Yeah, it's January, February. It was just last weekend. Oh. Well, folks, if you <laughs> if you were planning to go to the Winter Offensive, you, you just missed, missed it. it like oh. we did. We have to go there. Come on. Yeah. I would like to go to Winter Offensive. How about next year? We just say we're going. I'd really like to do is take a train. Can you take a train? Yeah. And Jeff would love to take I, a train. I've always said that it would be fun to take the train and you could play set up ASL. in the club car and play ASL. Yeah. And I think that'd drinks be... on the way there. Yep. Play ASL. Yep. That'd be great. I think that'd be great. And so where is Winter Offensive? It's up in uh, Maryland or something? It's Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. Okay. Yeah, the original Avalon yeah. Con kind of thing. Yeah, you yeah. could take a train. You could take a train to New York and then yeah. take a left and go to Baltimore. A right? No. Whatever it is. <laughs> Somewhere. Uh, okay, now we have a letter from Helen and Chris from Battle School. Dear undisclosed recipients. Oh, no. Go, no. Good day, folks. Here we go. We are trying to find a better way to distribute our catalog. We have uploaded our December catalog to Dropbox. You should be able to access the catalog without being a subscriber to this service by clicking the link below, and we'll include a link. Um, Our hope is to email everyone an updated link when we release a new catalog. We may also use Dropbox to announce the arrival of new items, such as LFT-13, which shipped from Cambodia on Thursday, so it should be here by And it is already, and I have another uh, letter from Battle School. Oh, okay. From Chris, in which he's saying that the uh, magazine is there, and he wrote up a wonderful review on his site. Chris does good okay. work. Yes. He really writes well. That's a great website. Yes, he does. So I recommend you uh, go to that also. Uh, I have a letter, a note from somebody through the Facebook, uh, the Two Half Squads on Facebook, from Mark. Hi, guys. Just discovered your podcast after hearing a mention of it on the Dice Tower. I don't know when that was, if, how, how old that mention was hopefully it was Mm -hmm. recent i I didn't know Mm -hmm. started at the beginning although a couple of episodes wouldn't download on itunes i'm currently listening to episode eight and they are so good i plan on listening to all of them in order well good we recommend that yeah we recommend that we can't guarantee they're all going to be good but please do uh i'm an original squad leader player then asl player for many years have played on again off again 
Currently, I'm in my third wave of playing. My friend Kurt and I started up again in the fall. Anyway, I think the podcast, I think this is the podcast I've been looking for. I've already learned five rules I forgot, or that Kurt and I just never played correctly. So thanks and keep up the work. Excellent. The excellent work. And who's that? That's uh, Mark. Great. Also nice to know you're out there, Mark. Yeah. I mean, there's, we, uh, getting so many new letters lately from new people. Yeah. That's kind of exciting. You guys are truly an important service to the ASL world. <laughs> Which you never know because mm-hmm. we sit here in the basement. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> we are legends in our own minds. Well, I think we'd like to encourage um, everybody else to hit that little record a message button that's on the podcast mm-hmm. and leave us some audio. Yeah, that would be nice. Then you don't have to do all that typing. Thank you, everybody, for those wonderful letters. We'll have more next show. We promise. We promise. It's our favorite part. Except for the next part, which we like to call... What's in the box? What's in the box? I always like it because it feels like Christmas. It does. And we had Mr. Morocco send us a lovely little swag package. Really nice. And then there was this critical hit number two. Now, Jeff had received... Well, I think you kept critical hit number one. Yes, which it I was sent in a plethora of of donations and gifts from our listeners and fans who should yeah. send us more stuff. By the way, an avalanche of stuff, but never enough. <laughs> never enough, especially yeah. that new product, folks. You should send it right to us yeah. for a review. That's right. And it's critical hit number two. Well, this goes way back, but of course, look at the bottom, Jeff. Uh, oh, this says retro issue, which means I figured out that it's a reprint. Of the issue number two. Okay. A reprint. And I don't know if that's available now or not, but... For those of you who don't know, Critical Hit is a is put out by a company. It's an ASL product put out by a company that I don't think their name is Critical Hit, but... Third-party product be. is yeah. Critical Hit. Yes. And this particular thing is a... And uh, they've been around for like a, quite a while. Around. Yeah. And they put out a lot of different things. And I did a review of this. I reread the whole thing. Wow. Front to back. When did this originally come out? Do we know? Uh, I actually got out my original copy. Oh, wow. And compared it. Yeah. And made some notes that will be coming up in here, I believe. I'll just try and say it now. I I noticed at one point it referred to an ad on the back page. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, which was no longer the ad on the back page. Oh, okay. (laughs) I believe it's now for a critical hit product. Yeah, Berlin and Fall of the Third Reich. Then it was for something else, like oh, I Target, see. or I don't know what. So the interior made a reference to the back, which was now different in the retro issue. And so other than the ads, the things, I'd say exactly the same. Yeah. I think it must come out early 90s. Yeah, probably. Um, uh, I, because I, I remember, well, I don't remember the date, but I remember looking up the date on Critical Hit 1. Yeah. And, and it was, was 95 a, or yeah, something Yeah, and if I like started that. ASL in 85, 86. Yeah. Within that five years, they started Critical Hit, I think, and um, I had subscribed to the newsletter, which is this big magazine kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. nice. And um, it's great that Critical Hit employs Putnam Associated Resource Center to assemble its products because that employs handicapped people, Jeff. They employ the handicapped deliberately. The, yeah. So we want to congratulate you on that. Um, inside, you'll find The Siberians by Steve Swan. And Steve Swan is now. Wait a minute. You open it up and the Siberians are in there? Yeah, they come leaping right out, <laughs> dancing, <laughs> drinking vodka. Well, I'm going to open this carefully. And so um, 
he Steve Swan, as you know, has done a lot of articles for the journals and for the annuals, laying out the OBs of several nationalities. And in this, he does the standard ASL Soviet ski companies, Siberians, First Lines, Winter War variants. Not really helpful to me as a player, but good for the history um, and for game designers probably. And you know, yeah. So he has that value. Okay. And then you'll find the ASL training two hundred one by Russ Gifford, and. Russ's article is pretty good. Principle one he has in there, pay attention to the details, knowing when to stack, etc. Emphasis on strategy over tactics, and so on he'll talk about. He'll talk about his principle two. Make strategic choices. Know the victory conditions. Know what to hold and what to concede. That's an example of that, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to fight for every building if you don't need it to win. Uh, Know where you're going to route. Try and guess where the enemy's coming from. And go where they where you could go to block them. I believe he talked about looking at the board from the other side, but that may have been in Journal Ten. I'm getting a little confused now. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> then there's an article called "Where Did They Come From?" There's a variant for Red Barricades. The early general magazines always had these variants in them for their various game series, and in which you got extra ca- few counters or uh, new additions to the rule book. Uh, some variants that you could play, maybe a different historical aspect of the same wow. war. And in that, uh, Mr. Robinson and Mr. Ruda adding in some Lend-Lease vehicles and guns for the Russians, and some Romanians are added in for the Germans. And so that's a variation on Red Barricades, which we'll talk about a bit today also, Red Barricades. So the next time you play Red Barricades, you could play one of these variants. You could add in the variants, yes. Yeah. And then I think there's an article, Dying by the Half Squad, which is Tactics for Red Barricades. And we're going ah, to be... Um, which I, we'll be talking about? Because I started the last bid, and we have Bob here, too, as a Red Barricades expert. I'm not a Red Barricades expert. <laughs> yes, you are. Just, just say you are. I am a Red Barricades expert. There you go. It's all about the, uh, the way you present yourself. And that article is by Tim Robinson and Tom Ruda again. Overall, I found it extremely helpful for the beginner and very helpful for the average player new to Red Barricades. Really a great article. It tells how to spend your points to win a campaign game, Uh. amongst other things. The main idea here is that Red Barricades um, are battles of attrition, and you want to get multiple morale checks on units to destroy them rather than letting them route and come back, and I am finding that in the last bid. You know, if you can finally break some guys because they're in these plus four buildings and plus threes, and um, they're just going to route and come back. And so, Tom and I have been playing. We'll get into that in a little bit on the Russian side. And if we have a stack of two broken Germans versus you know one guy or two over here not broken, we're trying to hit the broken guys ah, and get them okay. whittled down there so they can't come back because it's a long, long game. Twenty-one turns scenario. These campaign games that they're referring to are long yeah and uh you want to hit them with first line defenders and then machine gun fire groups to get the double checks on them and you want to buy rate of fire weapons for that purpose get the double checks on them when you're uh the double morale checks oh okay yeah because you hit them with your front line defense and then if they break pound them with some machine guns you may have back there and that's where the rate of fire weapons can really help you to get multiple morale checks right. on stacks. Other advice, uh, they recommend that rockets are cheap to buy. Rockets? Um, rocket OBA. Oh, okay. 
They're a little more reckless to use, but they're cheaper to buy. And you want to button up. Yeah, you do. Snipers going around. You want to use sewers, which um, are available all over the place. And burn terrain the enemy may need. I found that ah. helpful advice. Now, Tom and I are trying to – we haven't tried sewers yet. And he, just, he did set some buildings on fire that, in our game of the last bid, are effectively going to stop the enemy from gaining some nice uh, assault positions. Yeah. Somebody I was talking to may have been at Aslock. It may have been Bob. It was no. Bob. It was Bob um, Bendis. Bob Bendis. Remember what he said? He's always looking for stuff to burn, to kindle, just in case. He's always looking at that. Unfortunately, a lot of scenarios say kindle is NA. Correct. I noticed that because apparently that can be devastating. As a, yeah, I'd say the majority of scenarios by far make kindling NA. Yeah, almost to the point where. They could almost change the rule book to make kindling optional where you would need to put it in the SSR. SSR. I yeah. think so. It's available. Yeah. But it's kind of too late, I guess, at this point. Yeah. yeah. How many <laughs> Go back to all <laughs> 2,000 of them. Yeah. Um, now, I haven't played enough. I, and I, I do remember playing a couple of scenarios where I did try to do kindling, but it was difficult. It, it, it seemed like it was too a hard. a little while. It takes it's a little while. It's not necessarily easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need to have probably a stack of guys. To Get some extra nags on it. Yeah. yeah. Or the Molotov projectile, which, and you have to roll one. Oh, right. A one on the color die to start the flame, which, again, Tom managed to do on this one building. And when you have a 21 turn game, it's a lot of shots you could take with a Molotov projector. I think I was trying to do it uh, in a PTO scenario in a heavy rain. <laughs> and I was having soon. Some, I, yeah, in a well, hut. Yeah, I was having a problem. Well, huts burn pretty easy, yeah. but huts maybe do. not when it was a wet hut. Wet. It was a wet hut. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, watch out for those. Yeah, <laughs> these authors like the five two seven in a cellar, hidden initial placed. Okay, mm-hmm. can't see them. Cellars and red barricades. The guys can go into different than ordinary cellars, and they hold their fire until the advance phase, and then you advance right up into close combat. With a pinned enemy, I don't know why they said pinned enemy. Maybe hopefully pinned. Uh, so you don't fire them, right? You got to resist that urge to fire them. I just advance up and you're concealed. Surprise! I believe, you're right? Just, yeah, and you're stealthy. Neg two, and you're stealthy. In red barricades, the Russian first and the leader, all the Russians maybe. But anyway, but you smell like a sewer and like vodka. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, don't want to be stereotypical. Um. Neg ah. three. Neg three on the ambush roll. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Good tactic. I guess that's a good tactic. Now, I haven't been able to try that yet. Um, and then if you turn the page again, you'll find design and... Oh, there's 21 tactical hints in all. And I'm going to have to reread those 21 hints as I'm playing Red Barricades here, the last bit. Design and tactics of Raging Furnace. It's a critical hit scenario, and they do the typical... Re, um, talk about the design of it and so on. Mastering Tactics by Major Schmidt of the USMC. That's an article that is from Military Book, right? Mm-hmm. Not directly about squad leader, but the principles you might be able to use in your game. And Into the Valley, an article from an Australian newsletter, Rate of Fire, which we haven't talked about on this show, I think, Jeff, ever, maybe. Les Kramer, David Bishop. Did we interview David? I think we did. I, we and may have. At, at the ASLOC. They all yeah. came that year. And Paul Hassler wrote it, and it's a look at the scenario of the same name, Into the Valley, which, again, is a 
in this magazine. And um, there's one article Which by... I'm pretty sure I've played. Uh, Into the Valley? I think so. Probably. It goes I back think it in, might have been my first tournament ever. This goes back in the day, too, but mm-hmm. when there was not a lot of ASL product mm-hmm. around. Right? Remember, like, Avalon Hill was going out of business. And um, and then Peter Mudge wrote a nice nice article on landing craft as targets. It's a primer on landing craft killing. Very good analysis of how to sink and damage landing crafts when they're doing a seaborne invasion, typically in the Pacific, perhaps a Normandy kind of thing. All right? And so there you go. Critical hit. Now, I was struck by the primitiveness of the magazine back in the early 90s with people well, it's paper it's and it's and ink probably really teeny print a lot of it isn't it it is small and yeah. it seems a little blurry or something you know just the quality of the day it looks fine to me maybe have you had your eyes well, checked if you compare it to oh yeah the latest journal 10 well this is a reprint it may just be um photocopy of the original it could stuff be. if they didn't have the original in which they probably didn't. And you get a lot of uh, scenarios there, too. Yeah. Don't want to forget those, of which I've played them all, because those early ones I just played through everything Those there's a there. lot of good, those early critical hit. A lot of those are good scenarios. Definitely. I see. I saw Land of the Con. I, I saw, um... Take back a stroll through yesteryear. Yeah, and... again, I got out my original copy. And compared it, was know. it was it clearer print? Um, no, I think there's something about the you know it didn't strike me as that. Uh-huh. There's just something about this new paper and yeah methods that we have today. Yeah. So that was nice of Matthew to send that to us. I'm looking forward to reading through this. So yeah, there are a lot of classic scenarios, definitely in the uh, those original ones. I've played quite a few of them. And you think you have in tournaments and things? You, don't, mm-hmm. you didn't just yeah. play through the magazine? And no, no, no. I never owned that, the magazine. But in tournaments, they were you know, pretty uh, pretty prevalent. In fact, now that I'm looking in, into the valley, it was my first tournament. And, uh, and I played a, um, a, pers- a guy who had the Russians, and he moved his T-34s on the board and rushed me. But he left them all crew exposed and stopped them and didn't button them up. Uh, and he couldn't fire. And so when I approached him oh, with wait, my wait, tanks. Oh, wait, 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 They can't fire crew exposed? Right, they can't fire crew exposed. He left them all crew exposed. And I, I'm pretty sure I even said at the time, I said, you know, do you want to button up? He's like, no. I'm like, okay. So then I moved my tanks, you know, from behind wherever and approached him. He's like, well, I'm going to fire. And. I kind of actually felt bad, kind of like I hosed him I, a little bit. But, <laughs> well, he had to forget or something, You know, right? I kind of gave him the hint, like, do you want to button him up? And Which and vehicles? Said, no, the, the T-34s. Can't fire crew exposed? No. Well, I never run mine around crew exposed, yeah. but I didn't think I really knew that. Yeah. So I wonder why so that I, is. I ran my tanks right up to him and stopped him, and I said, well, you can't fire him, and... So apparently, when they go crew exposed, the guy who would otherwise yeah. be working there's, the main armament there's only is not. two men in the, the, oh, okay. the turrets. So yeah. if they're so crew dr- exposed, loader they had, and the, gunner. Gun, the gunner was also the commander. Yeah. So if he was crew exposed, he couldn't shoot the the gun. So read your vehicle notes, boys and girls. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I felt kind of bad after that a little bit. 
I did a little bit. Yeah. But I did I, kind of give him a hint. I was kind of like, yeah, you did. Want to you did. She won't butt him up. Butt I, him up and I might did him a favor why. by teaching him a lesson. <laughs> I hope you tell me, but. Yeah. You did well, him a favor. Just never teach me a lesson like that. <laughs> I would you. never do Thank that. Thank you very much. I'm not, I'm not near as cutthroat anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I would have said, just You've mellowed. Him up. You've mellowed Trust me. I would have said, if you don't button him up, you can't shoot him. I would do that. Now. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a tournament. But it was 2001, my first tournament. Yeah, I don't know. It's still a you tournament, Bob. Kinda, you know? No. Eh, I wouldn't do that now. No shame here. I thought he was more experienced than I was, so obviously. Well, God. and sometimes you can just miss those things. You know. Yeah. And we were talking about that before the show, how... Oh, a rule how, Bob had learned lately stuff we was forget. the fire lane, what was... Yeah, the... Um, you know, and I, I guess I was doing. I mean, it wasn't lately. It was a year and a half ago, two years ago, where you can lay the fire lane down, not shoot the squad, and then shoot the squad separately and keep the fire lane. And, and I, for whatever reason, it makes total sense. But I just never thought you, you could do that. Yeah, and I think now thinking back, I think I probably had done it in the way past, but in my mind, it's not there. Mm-hmm. So I fire the squad with the machine gun, laying the fire mm-hmm. lane. If and you can add it into the firepower, sure. the first shot, right? Yeah. So I do that, and then boom, I go mm-hmm. from there. And so that's great to know these little tips. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had found some tips too in journal number ten. Oh, what's in the box, part two? Sweet. State of the art. Did I did not order journal ten. Want to flip through it and should have, but sure. I didn't. In order, Bob, and tell me what you see, and I'll tell you what I read. Okay. Uh, I th- and I know, I think the first thing up there is a replay. Who's that by, though? That's um, John Slatwinski and Phil Palmer are playing each other. And I'm actually, uh, John has a um, a blog on Consum World called Slot Blogland, oh. which I subscribe to. So I read his. ASL? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and football and, and uh, hockey and various things, too. Okay. Golf, hmm. but I ignore that. And that scenario replay was? It was Festung Budapest, uh, number 17, Stalingrad, Redo. All right. And I did notice one thing is I dutifully read through the whole article. Now, these go move by move. Now, I, I didn't make it through reading each move by move mm-hmm. in the little chart. Mm-hmm. And I didn't play along with the pieces on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, because it did get a little tedious to read the actual... You know, counter A, CX, V2, right. neg one shot, and die roll showing. And, um, but when you read the dialogue of both sides talking about it, the That's Russian, right. the Romanian, and the neutral commentator, you get a real good sense of what happened that turn anyway Yeah, from three different people. Yeah. And so it was very fun for me to actually read through all of that. I, uh, I know. I, for me, I think stereo replays are great. It's when I first started playing... I loved them because they taught me so much just going through them that I, that I had no clue about. Right. And I think they're, you know, and I still enjoy reading them. I wouldn't go, like you do, I wouldn't go through each of the The moves the particularly moves, or right. set up your board and right. follow along. Exactly. But I would, you know, I still enjoy reading kind of the guy's thoughts and their strategy and, and what, they, what their plan is. And, did you used to do that, set up the board yeah. and do all the moves? Mm-hmm. Follow along with the moves? Right. It, it taught me a lot. Yeah, you know, it teaches when you first start. It's a good way to learn, you know, how to how to do stuff. You know. Yeah, very true. And that's um, one thing I remember learning too was 
a guy playing a they did a replay like that and the person placed the op fire and then sent a bunch of half squads across the street to force the concealment loss. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I, I just never thought of that. Right. You know, I'll fire. What would I want that for? Same thing as prepping, but it's just later. I mean, I didn't realize how to use the half squads to come across and do that. Though I don't think I've ever seen you use opportunity fire. Not, m- no, not yeah. much. Nobody uses it a lot. It's yeah. kind of a r- rare thing. When you're it facing is, that yeah. across the street and the guy's yeah. still concealed. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is kind of, it was the opening moves of a game, too. Right. Um, it's very specific, usually, to some scenarios. Yeah, to strip concealment and whatnot. Right. Um, but also, little things in there, like he moved his vehicle through the hex with the other vehicle, mm-hmm. you know, and then turned around to shoot at it. Well, after reading that, I'm like, oh, I think Bob did that to me once, too, you know? <laughs> and I just don't play that way. It's not in my skill set. I just never started, and my opponents I teach don't do it because I don't do it, mm-hmm. right? And some of them aren't reading the rule book. Again, similar situation. So you can learn little tips like that, mm-hmm. too. To remember, you can move through the enemy tank. Well, I'm going to start going through those. Because yeah. I always skip the, the, replay skip the replays. Yeah. Yeah. I skip them. It looks a little too technical or something. Yes, just like, uh, I don't know that I when can I get through it, but I playing, need I, to do it. I, I wanted to learn PTO. So it was you know, kind of interesting theater that... Seemed yeah. really outside of what I could learn to do, and there was the last um, annual had a uh, had a replay on a PTO scenario, and I went through it kind of step by step. And there was cavalry too. Oh and wow! So there was Americans on horses attacking the Japanese, yeah. and it was really Ramsey's charge. Ramsey, yeah, I think yeah. that was a Ramsey's charge, and it was really kind of you know I was like, oh okay, that's that's how the Japanese work. That's okay. That's why you shoot smoke. Okay, that's <laughs> you know that's how you play these sides and and how all this works. And so it was really, uh, you know, really something that was helpful. Yeah, good to know. I never really, tool. never really thought about it like that. Now, Bob to noticed, me, it just seemed like a bunch of anal retentive guys with too much time on yeah. their hands. <laughs> no. And I mean that very respectfully. Does it sound yeah. respectful? No. Uh, no. Well, uh, I mean it respectfully. <laughs> I'll have more respect for him now. And the paper on this journal, Bob noticed, it's this shiny new paper. Glossy. Synthetic paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it is nice and sharp and clean and crisp, especially. You know, the the pictures in there? Yeah. Pretty good, don't yeah, you think? They, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. You know, and they got new ways to show the concealed dudes with a red circle instead of trying to throw the counter on it and then show mm-hmm. it in the side slot and various things like that. So that's a nice upgrade. And there's this article, When in the War, right? A different sort of chronology. And look at that, Jeff. I thought that was really, really helpful, Bob. You haven't seen yeah, that Yeah, what did one you hand yet, right? me here? Mm-hmm. Take a look at that. That is the a chronological it, rules adjustment table. Now, notice it's color-coded by nationality, yeah. and its main purpose is to tell us, like, when no core goes right. into effect. Oh, like, okay. When Panzerfausts are available. For the different nationalities. Mm-hmm. And just re- looking through that chart, I was like, oh, yeah, forgot that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forget Romanians mm-hmm. get Panzerfausts. I mean, there's some big right. things there sure. that if you're going to suddenly play the Romanians haven't done it in a while and don't take the time to read the rules... Look over that American chart. Jews right. read hit numbers early in the war. Oh, right. I don't yeah. think I do that yeah, ever. And then in 1944, magically they don't, and they use the regular <laughs> black ones. So. Aren't there certain German counters that um, that would stall? 
uh, earlier in the war. Yeah. Yeah. Certain is German Russian? AFVs. Is that or, Russian AFVs? Or? Well, all I Russian think AFVs, German I think. Too. But certain German ones? I'm... Th- and things like stuff. I just make this stuff up well, just to make the show interesting. Everybody's going to go scrambling for their world. <laughs> I, I thought I read that, but I may have been drinking too much winter ale. Yeah. Maybe in the desert. Yeah. Yes. In the desert. Yes. Maybe they have that could be. That could be. That could be. I think there was something about the yeah. desert. Yeah. Pre, yeah. That's right. Pre Fort. It was. Mm. Yeah. Because they couldn't keep sand out of the carburetors and whatnot yeah. early on. Um, so, again, Jeff, you have every nationality, right? Every yeah. one on that chart. It's wow. two double sided. Something worth, and you can easily find your nationality by color, the color coding. Oh, they got the, the sweets on there? There's a white box. What is that? I was just kidding. I know. Well, they're going to come, out, they're come <laughs> out with them, you know. They, I guess they are. Oh, yeah. What is that white the box? The sweets is on there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, that's a neat, very handy, nice yeah. chart, isn't it? So, so in January of 1945... What changes for oh, the show. Germans? Uh, January of 45. Nefertiti Gungusquafa. No. No. Um, Special ammo goes down? No. For the Germans, 1945, January. What changes? Everyone becomes Volkstrom. <laughs> Volkstrom. Panzerfaust goes to three hex range. Goes to three hex range. Ah. And you get a minus one on your check for the little Panzerfaust. That's right. Mm-hmm. Giving them out like candy. Yeah. Okay. We should do a quiz show off that chart. You, sometime. Yeah. You could, you could do that. You should yeah. get a call in. Yeah. You know, yeah. Get that. Spokey. Have Spokey yeah. call in. And he probably <laughs> gonna, knows every one of those. We're going to do a hangout <laughs> and have some special guests on and do like a game show mm-hmm. on one of our hangouts. That would be great. You yeah. do a Jeopardy? Yeah. Like Jeopardy. Yeah. Yep. Phrase it in a yeah, question. Because everyone's live in there, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. That's coming up. And what else is there, Jeff, in Journal 10? Uh, here on, uh, we have The Beginner Blues, Part 1 by Robert Wolke. Ah, very good article. The Beginner's actually. Corner. Yep. Very, very good. I Now I can't remember what I had read in there, but um, <laughs> does he have like headings you can read off for us? Or? It's funny I because thought... I haven't read this and I remember the same, I remember just as much as you who. <laughs> Have read this. <laughs> well, so, I think stacking yeah, I it's two parts. I remember that it was I was going to recommend the article, uh, even to average players, to, as their little review. Right for for me, I, I will say that you know most of the stuff to me wasn't anything new or groundbreaking, but it's not meant for me. It's meant for beginners. Yeah. But the one thing I thought was really neat is that his idea of putting a dice, uh, a die on the yeah. board to Flip show the levels. Page, Jeff. And uh, to show how you see line of sight with the various levels. Oh, okay. And that's a really good, great idea. Yeah. Way to, to illustrate. And do you know where you heard it first? Yeah. Two half. That's two right. <laughs> David, David Kleinschmidt talked about having those cups. Remember, I said I use my dice jars, and I set them up one on the other, mm-hmm. and then show how that at that angle behind mm-hmm. the other jar, the single story jar, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to see behind it. But what Wolkie does, of course, better than David Kleinschmidt, because David's a bumbling idiot and Wolkie's <laughs> actually intelligent, is he the dice fit on the hex, mm-hmm. right. right? Yeah, and so it, it's like a miniaturized version of the hex, bo- hex board. Of a, yeah. Whereas my cups, my dice cups, were just kind of abstractions of the application. So yeah, really liking that. I have to remember that and use the thread. Mm-hmm. Does it work all the time for the? You think? 
What size well, dice would make a theory. difference, right? I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, it's going to help you. Sure. Yeah, versus not. It's a good way to visualize it because it's very mm-hmm. hard to, to visualize yeah. it otherwise. Yeah. I, I always thought I would get Legos to do it. But yeah, to show the, the stacks. To do the and stacks. And to make Star Wars figures. Yes. And I thought really it'd really kick up the Legos business because they're suffering. So if they had like <laughs> ASL Legos, wow. And so... What else? Yep. Lots that's of good. his article. After that article, wow, what that's do you find? Wow, that's a long article. That's yeah, a... it is. He's, and that's part one. Simulator. Close Combat yeah, Simulator. Yeah, Close Combat Simulator. What's that about? I think that article I would only use is the graphs in there. If you turn the page, you'll see these graphs. He's taken all these different probabilities and odds for going into Close Combat uh-huh. and then come up with what your probability is. So it's one of those mathematical analysis... Bob shaking his head. Yeah, I, I don't find those things that very useful. It's kind of well, like the remember the original like generals they'd have. I think Mishkan, John Mishkan, yeah. would put these big charts of what's your probability of breaking and things. Yeah, you know, you got to go with your gut sometimes. It's, you should know basic probabilities. Yeah. If you're going two to one, you know you should win, but you may not. Uh-huh. But you don't need a chart to tell you you're probably going to win, do you? Not when you're. Uh, big, not when you're experienced. <laughs> Maybe if you're really a beginner. Right. So I'm trying to remember what I thought. Well, it does make me wonder if somebody that knows the probabilities has any kind of advantage when they're playing, or if they're if they win more often than those. Well, that I don't. think people who have an intuitive understanding of probabilities have a huge advantage mm. in ASL. Yeah, yeah, and those darn fives against the fours and stuff. I think can really throw it off. That was always for me challenging. I'm like. Oh, why can't they just all be fours or sixes or something easily divisible? Um, but he also does talk about like to control location, what you might do versus you know just trying to eliminate a lot of the enemy to gain a, gain a firepower edge. What you might do, and that's too intricate for me. Also, <laughs> you know, at that level, and he has the simulator table, breaking all the odds down too, and one convenient table. I'm going to need that. And you look it up. And, of course, then how often do you? So you might look it up and go, oh, I need three to one odds. Oh, I only have two squads there. You know, <laughs> you got to work with what you got in position yeah. to go in anyway. Yeah. And, Jeff, your favorite, the debriefing. Ah, the debriefing. Which is what, Bob? Well, the new errata. And I oh, am going to go through. Kidding you know what I do? You're, you're not going through everyone. Uh-huh. No, you are. I write them all in my rule book. By hand. Oh, I thought you meant you were going to, on this podcast, go through oh, everyone. I'm like, I'm going to leave right now, and you guys call me tomorrow morning and let me no, know how it's going. Because they're very, very boring, and sometimes they now, don't ever matter to me. Can I put in an editorial you, comment? You may. You can okay. certainly Please. put in an editorial comment. Now, I, I'm me. a big fan of M&P. Uh-huh. You guys know that. Well, yeah. maybe not a big fan. I'm a fan. Yeah. Okay. What happened to the replacement rule book pages instead of printing it right every every Journal. Yeah, what did happen? It does to make the, me wonder. I like them. You know, clip it open, clip it in. It's why it's a three ring binder. It's yeah. I mean, that was the idea behind the three ring binder. Yeah, yeah. And wouldn't it be nice to put out some? Just how many pages? I know would it's this a pain. There's, I, look, there's a lot. You know of what? G I know here. it's a pain because you have to reformat all the pages. And, yeah, and probably do that. But yeah, and some of them are. You know what? At, at this point, instead they're passing the pain along to yeah. the uh, and I mean, end users. What's the second edition rulebook been out? Ten years. 12 years? And, been out a long time. and they're going to yeah. do what with the rule book now, Bob? What's the big news for oh, the, the electronic version. And what is finally. the official word on that? Because I just heard some 
Oh, chit chat. No, yeah. it's official. It's I right it here. Yeah. Speaking of ASL oh. rulebooks, we have great ah. news on the digital front. We are finally able to produce something we've been wanting to do for years: an electronic ASLRB. Work is well underway in that area, Jeffrey Hallett, and we've just started some beta testing. So far, it looks pretty hot, and we think players will be very happy when this new product is available. The bad news be. is that It'll it only runs years. on the Apple Power <laughs> PC, which has been out of production for five years. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> or it'll be five years from now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, see, Jeff, they even referenced you in this mm-hmm. in this um, executive editor's uh, column, and I'm also referenced. In what way what am way? I right referenced? Here. Soon, we hope, Dave Kleinschmidt, hard work <laughs> continues on the finished module, Hakapale, ah. which we hope to get up on pre-order early next year. And on various action packs and other historical situations that we've previously mentioned, just to keep Kleinschmidt from complaining on the Two Half Squads podcast about how Kapali keep being thrown back. So yeah. maybe this year. And I told Tim and that, and he went, haven't they told us that for like four years since we played yeah, Test been that about, yeah. It's been about that long. I'm like, yeah, but, but people want the Japanese. I understand that. Yeah, I do. I understand. Well, that. I, you know what? It's, it's their, their business. Yeah, the people term. want the yeah. Japanese. Yeah. I think more people correct. want the Japanese than the Finns. Yeah. I like they the they don't go into detail about how what the electronic version is going to be like. No, not right there. That okay. was it. That was it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I go in, Bob, and handwrite all this in my rule book. See, I, I have not written a single piece Rat of in. Rat in my yeah. rule book ever. Like, like this G11. I'm just too lazy. G, I'll read one. G11.7, line four. Add slash dummies at the end of the parentheses after prisoners. See, that's See, clarifying. I can't do that. Maybe I won't this time. I can't. Because you just don't care enough? I don't care enough. Yeah. Yeah, the game plays, the game's fun. The we, game's we don't fun. use all the rules anyway. Yeah. yeah. We fudge I mean, some anyway. <laughs> but I, w- I just would love those, you know. Now, if the E rulebook comes out, then you don't need uh, replacement pages anymore. You can right. Use, I can only imagine know. that they'll just push out upgrade a new and... upgraded version. Yep. Sure. Easy to do. Easy, easy enough. Yeah. Right. Well, I wish somebody would from MMP would call us. I guess we could try to call somebody there and find out a little more about what the well, electronic version is going to be about. Keith has been yeah. very good, yeah. yeah. We've had Chaz. And you yeah. had Chaz. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, Stephen yeah, Mitchell. Stephen Mitchell. Here, I, I got my phone. Let me give him a call. Now. Yeah. We'll call him right now. <laughs> and lastly, Brett Hildebrand, great runner of Aslock. Yeah. Yep. The great and Brett Hildebrand. Who's yeah. also been interviewed on our show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Son of Squad Bleeder. Some variable... Scenarios, mm-hmm. lots of um, blind uh, fog of war. Right, those yeah. look oh, like fun. Okay, okay. yep. Mm-hmm. It came out of an early tournament thing at a. Mm-hmm. At a ooh, ooh, oh, I'm bending my. Oh, I ruined my journal ten. And so there you go. That's journal ten for you. Oh, and last thing, Bob. We have a uh, Festung Budapest play aid. Yeah, it has uh, terrain. It has um, what else does that one? Oh, the some of the special rules um, for it. So it looks like very handy if you're going to play Festung Budapest. Yeah, got the rules there. Yeah. Something about night on the backyard or illuminating rounds, ammunition shortage charts. I'm thinking, why wasn't this in the original game? But I, you know, haven't played it yet. So it's it's out in time for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I have deadline. not played anything for Did Festung. you not do Festung Budapest I haven't yet. played and, and I want to. In fact, and, that's what... Uh, one of my friends, Doug, and I were talking about uh, doing it in mm-hmm. his new home with this big game room. Is 
is Festoon. Well, then maybe I'll have to yeah. go jump to another huge game. Yeah. And I don't think we want to look at we don't want to look at all the um, scenarios, but there's some Valor of the Guards here. I, I haven't looked at them ever before. What these came with the journal? Yeah, all this in the journal. These are separate now. They're on cardstock. They're not Great. in the magazine Excellent. anymore, right? That's yep. nice. Yes, right. Nice. Something we've all you don't wanted. Have to tear your magazine apart. Yep. What's FB eighteen? Festung Budapest. Oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the regular journal numbers and how many are here? Lots, Quite lots a bit. of scenarios. And some, some for Festung, some for Valor of the Guards. So, mm-hmm. and who else knows what's in there? So, uh, would you recommend that I buy this? Would Dave Kleinschmidt ever not recommend that you buy this? Yeah. No, you have to buy it. Okay. Yep. I'm doing something different today, if you don't mind, Bob. Uh, as we record these episodes, I'm trying to get pictures of Dave and I recording so and our guests. Dated ones. So that we can, um, so people can see what we look like. Oh, that's a very handsome picture of you, Bob. Oh, Bob's pictures are always handsome. Yeah. Very good likeness. And that's what's in the box. Okay. Good one. Thank you, Dave. All right. All right. Well, you know, uh, I've started playing Last Bid. I think I asked you both to join my Last Bid game. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was turned down by these fine people at the table. <laughs> Bob, your, ex- your excuse was? I'm not, I don't like monster scenarios. Yeah, and you played campaign games. I play campaigns, it. but I don't like the monster scenarios as much. Just my preference. And Jeff, you didn't think you could commit? Yeah, and I don't like uh, Advanced Squad later. <laughs> well. No. I don't like Rush. Oh, no, I can't say that. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I couldn't, re- I couldn't really make that commitment at this point. And working the with time four players. I did what Bob had done with a previous campaign game, or you talked yes. about having four yeah. people. And... Valor of the Guards campaign, we did four. That's right. Two, two on each side. Now, why don't you take, for those of our listeners who don't know what Last Bit is, why don't you take 60 seconds and give them a quick overview oh, yeah, I'm of, sorry. you know, just uh, what, Bob, it, what it's about. You want to tell them what it is? From... Well, you're more familiar, but it's a huge scenario. They came out with the Red Barricades and, God, when did Red Barricades come uh, out? 90, yeah, 91 90, or something. Yeah, 90, something early, early. Yeah, and it's... Uh, Which it's is a, a historical module? It's... Uh, oh, correct. Is the first, Stalingrad. The first historical module for ASL was a groundbreaking, uh, uh, you know, yeah, module. event, yeah. You know, it's... Uh, and Re- Last Bid was the, a monster scenario included in it that's not a campaign game, but it's, what, 21 turns long? Uh-huh. And it's got... You know, 80, 90, 100, 100 squads or more. Yeah, aside. I think like 80 squads and then 10 vehicles and over 100 counters typically right. per side. And it's basically the um, campaign game number two in Red Barricades. Okay, and that I didn't know. Right, campaign game two, which I've played, and it basically is last bid. Um, so okay, it's, it's, except it's, you're buying your own reinforcements right. in and the it's campaign like, game. I think it's five or six days campaign days and this kind of takes that and just makes a single scenario out of it um so you know and and we we really enjoyed the campaign game too when when i played it way back when it's been 10 years 11 years i think yeah and the um uh no reinforcements no overnight changing like i guess in the campaign games you do an overnight thing yeah yeah and you get points and you can buy new stuff New, you know, units and and you, you know, you have that kind of thing. This kind of refit, for, yeah, you have yeah, a refit phase, and mm-hmm. and you buy new troops and reset up and and all that kind of thing. So this this kind of just takes it and just says, here's 21 turns. Here's the five days. 
in, in one in, day in one one single you know scenario. And do you buy? Do you make purchases nope. in this? You don't. Okay. Nope. You have automatic setup okay. reinforcements. And I All think right. that's what appealed to us. We wouldn't have to just take make that decisions. extra step to mm-hmm. read those rules, which right. aren't that long, but they are. But they six are pages. kind of involved and. It's kind of an easier way of doing it. Yeah, you don't have to draw your perimeters and area controlled at the end of the night. And, you know, and in the campaign games, the burning vehicles burn out, and then they're burnt out wrecks Mm -hmm. in the morning and things like that, which are really cool, and I like the ideas. But so we just said, hey, we're and two of us are rookies, so Barcolo and Mark Woods are still kind of rookies. And so it's quite a step up for them with all these rules. It's a great way to learn. And and they're looking at it that way. Yeah. And then I'm facing Timonen across the, the, the table. And so one of the things was, I guess I'll talk about the game briefly now, and then when it ends, maybe all four of us will come on and do a little recap or something. Yeah, that'd be great. But um, on the left flank, I'm holding one of the two of the factories that the German has to take. They take two factories plus a bunch of buildings behind the factories toward the Russian side, toward the Volga, okay, as they're pushing toward the Volga. And so the Germans, I think, spread out too much in the beginning here. They didn't okay. make a big concentrated hit and, and get that, something quick. That's one of the problems when you when you play these things with four players. And oh, that's you we, feel... we did the same thing when we played uh, Red Barricades campaign game two. Now I was the Germans, we ended up doing it well enough to win uh, as the Germans, but you can get in the point of well we'll we'll divide things up evenly. And so you lose your punch. You lose your punch. <clears throat> and that happened too in Valor of the Guards when we did the four player because the two German we were I was the Russians, but the two German players kinda of divided things up evenly so they didn't have a big punch in one section. They kinda of went evenly yeah. against us. And even even though they did the similar thing, even Dave against me, he sent about a third toward the one factory, a little more than a third to the center factory, and even a big force on the left side, where I would have put a holding force on the German right flank just to keep the Russian from taking those buildings and throwing those extra troops toward that middle factory. And I think he would have taken that factory already by turn three. Mm-hmm. So turn one, they had terrible luck. Lost three of four flamethrowers. Yeah. Turn one. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, Ouch. You know, that 24 even up versus. Uh, <laughs> and see, that's where the yeah. campaign game works. Oh, you can buy Be- new. Well, because if, unless you roll, I think unless you roll a 12, if you roll a 10 or 11, oh. you retain the flamethrower for the next day. Okay, because it's too quick to. Oh, I yeah, like you that. Re- they, they get refueled. I like that. Yeah, so that's a big kind of you know negative that they're dealing y- with. It. Yes, so that was kind of brutal, and they prepped the whole lot, and with the plus fours for all the protections, they didn't break much. And then we had our turn. Of course, we skulked, mm-hmm. right? Basically skulked. The 150 Russian OBAs hitting over on Mark Wood's side, doing real damage. Especially mm-hmm. as he came out of the buildings through the rubble, 150. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, okay. And um, and then the second turn, and it was four and a half hours to set up day one. Oh, yeah. Day two was four hours to play one turn, and then I was starting to freak out like, oh, no. <laughs> what have I committed myself to? <laughs> yeah. And then turn two and three, we got through two and a half mm-hmm. turns, or one and a half turns, turn two and half a three. German three, all in the next day mm-hmm. we met, which was another four hours. So that turn three German assault went almost twice as quick. Getting more familiar with it, but being down a lot of troops by then, right? Um, 
again, breaking for attrition. Uh, Dave hit my stack. Then their turn three went really well. Dave started to push on my left flank, the German right, and hit one stack with a 30-shot, even it up four. He rolled like snakes, or maybe it was just up two. He was inside the factory by then. So it ended up 2KA. You start to pull off some real casualties. You need massive fire groups. Mm-hmm. Is that what you found, too? If against plus four terrain, mm-hmm. you can't be taking a couple of 12 up four shots. Right. Thinking yeah. you're going to break them. Yeah. Yeah. You need, and, and the other thing, I don't know if you know, Dave's probably not doing this, but when you get in those factories and you get those interior factory hexes, mm-hmm. you know, the, a great thing is to run a squad up blow a dc to breach that the that, wall the wall. interior walls and that hits the guys behind it oh it does yeah that, i wrote that down in my notes right with like a, a six or an eight or, up one uh, 12 i think or whatever maybe, it is yeah. and then you you follow a flamethrower guy uh, in there and then once the breach is made then you shoot at him with a 30 straight oh yeah and then you roast him 24 so, straight or 24 yeah 24 yeah, flamethrower. Flamethrower, yeah. Yeah, no, Dave's not doing that. Now, he yeah. did get his DCs off pretty well mm-hmm. against me in the front hexes, mm-hmm. and he's just now hitting the interior walls, which, you get, which are interior walls. You can't shoot through them, and right. they hinder movement within a factory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's our game so far. I'm thinking my left side might crunch, but I can pull up some reserves. Poor Mark Woods has been very frustrated over on the left, German left. He came across to piecemeal across the road. I mean, literally, he sent a couple squads in one sector. Mm-hmm. You know, which isn't going to take anything. Right. Um, we forgot to fire a gun point blank that we had hidden there. Tom did. So we go ahead and let Mark advance in that hex and then do the combat, and he mm-hmm. managed to get that gun. Mm-hmm. So, so he's using, using smoke and OBA smoke? They're and... not using smoke. So I talked well, that's about... That's a tough, tough road to hold if you're not using yeah. smoke. Cause... So we did talk about, uh, yeah, OBA smoke. No, Dave, that's what helped Dave punch... Or at least really weaken my left flank, the Russian, with that OBA hundred millimeter. Mm-hmm. It finally broke guys in buildings fortified that wouldn't break with uh, twenty shots, twenty four shots, mm-hmm. wouldn't break. Um, but yeah, you're right. They need that as smoke. Think about. I don't want them to hear this before yeah. we finish the game. Why and not? They got all these... Come on, they're newbies. <laughs> they don't, they don't <laughs> listen. Really they don't. played a lot. He should know that. But and then the German gets all these tanks later, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like don't. So when we left the game, we were saying, Mark, don't rush it. Mm-hmm. Don't rush it. You can sit back for two turns and wait till turn five and six before you even move again to get across the street. And by then, turn six, you're going to get uh, six vehicles, including two of those 150-millimeter tanks. Those things will get you knocked out of a yeah. building, mm-hmm. right? And then these right. Stugs throw smoke. They all throw smoke. Yeah. So you're going to be yeah. able to have a lot more punch. Right. Be patient. And then turn 10... They get nine more 838s, two more flamethrowers, five DCs, and another radio of 80 millimeter, mm-hmm. which maybe would be better for smoke, too. It's smaller caliber. So that's where we're at right now. I think we should do a show. We could do a show or a couple of shows about running a four-person game, how that works, yeah. best strategies for that. Because I can only imagine two guys, you try to divide up the counters, so each guy has... Yeah. The same number of counters. Well, we just kind of split you know? the board and, in right. half. And can you still and, can you still run like like you were just saying? You know, you don't have the punch. You don't have the punch through that you I might. I think if within you... those two halves, you could have two punches though. Mm-hmm. 
And do you we, divide we up were, the counters and then like you do these and I'll do these? You and got then, 50 per side or something. But, uh, but isn't there some, <clears throat> some gray area there where... There is not. Can we talk? Will we talk about or the guards? At some you may, point? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Let's just do right. it all right yeah. now, and, sure. and then if we don't get to the little rule stuff, I'll then we'll do, do it. that next show yeah. or something. I think that, that probably the last bit's a little easier. Cause having played, I remember it's a little easier to divide divide your forces up. You know, it's the Germans pretty easily, and um, as well now as the defender in in uh, Valor of the Guards yeah. or or last bit, that's really easy to do because you have to defend. And you don't know where the attack's going to come from, so it's much easier to divide between two players on the defense. The problem with when we played Valor the Guard with four people and the two attackers divided up is that that's that's a campaign where in that campaign game on tur- on the first day the Germans need to punch all all the way through. Oh, and so they really need a combined because. They're de- the Russians are defending the whole length of that map, yeah. which is huge. Yeah, and so they can't defend. You know, they can't defend it. So the Germans, you know, can choose an area and they need to throw, which is usually right in the middle of the board, and they need to throw all their forces at that, which is hard to do if you're dividing up among right. two attacking right. players because it's actually the areas right in between where you would divide two players yeah. into playing. So it was a real, um, a real constraint on um, on the two attackers, which was um, uh, I believe Joe and Jeff uh, were were the attackers, not you, Jeff. Different. Yeah. Jeff. Right. And uh, so it really kind of hurt them. They didn't make much progress. They kind of went up to our defense, and kind of we stopped them there. And and so. After three days, we had just stuffed them. Stuffed them. Yeah. And that's what that I was had sensed was happening here until that 100 millimeter opened up on the flank. And it was we did get out the Valor of the Guards map because mm-hmm. um, Mark bought a lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I was saying, look, it kind of fits over here with this Red Barricades map. Now, it doesn't fit exactly, no, right? No, it doesn't. There's, in it's be- further there's left. one in between that they're and no supposedly one's made yet. Red October, which you know, MMP was been working on. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so wow, that would be a really, really huge yeah, map. <laughs> but Valor of the Guards, we, he got out one of the, the map, mm-hmm. and we looked and went, oh, it's a lot shorter than I remembered it when Jeff and I looked at it on the podcast. I'm like, well, okay, well, this is what it might look like. And, and then he goes, oh, look, there's another map in here. <laughs> so it is, twi- it is twice as big yeah. as, right? right? So it's a very, very big map. So given the fact, Bob, that, you, that, that Joe and Jeff had this problem, mm-hmm. Um, what do they do? What do you do about that? Is there a way for two guys to work together so that they can make a central punch, or is there just an advantage of playing two players on one of these games, one guy on each side well, I mean, because could, he can you, run you everything? You could make it work. The, the The problem is why you play two on two is to make it go fast. Yeah. So you kind of divide it into two sections. So yeah. I'm playing you, you're playing, you know, so you yeah. can make it go quickly. Right. If you don't do it that way, you could, but then you're going to be, okay, we're going to move all these guys up the middle, and it kind of is going to negate the, the speed advantage. But ah, you, yeah. you could still do it. Yeah. I mean, you, you could. And what, it, what there... we've done in the center was if Dave and I work our way across left to right quicker, and Mark and um, Tom are not to the center yet, mm-hmm. we just start playing some of their... 
Okay. We have like a middle sector where it's like if you get there first, do mm-hmm. what you think should happen, and if we get there, do what you think should happen. Because mm-hmm. again, it's pretty much a static defense at the moment. Right. But so that works out too. We're like, yeah. well, go ahead and do this and this, and then Dave will say, "Well, Mark, sorry, I broke one of your guys here on Dave's defensive fire shot," and because you know I'm going to shoot at him or Mark, whoever. Right. So th- there's a little flexibility there. Mm-hmm. You do get two snipers with uh, right the last, and bit. you do that in the campaigns. Two, yeah, so it can spread out a little more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it works really well in the sense. I mean, it worked really well when we played Bower the guards in the sense we both moved pretty much at an equal pace. And it allowed us to play quickly. Yeah. You know, because we were, you know, playing about half the time that it would normally take two people. And you each have your own sniper on each map, so yeah. that, that works really well. Yeah. But again, it was a huge disadvantage for the attacker because I, I think normally the, actually I think that it's the, the main bar of the guards campaign is really unbalanced. I, the Germans should win pretty much every time in that um, but they were under a huge disadvantage, and that that uh, it was really, you know, with the team play, and with the, the team yeah. play, yeah, yeah, because they attacked evenly along the whole line, yeah, and uh, and that just wasn't going to work, for right? Them. So, so I know in something like mm-hmm. we talked, we just mentioned earlier off the air, we talked just for a second about um, the. Uh, Operation Combat Series, is that what it is, uh, from the Gamers oh, yeah, the, and the, DAK, the mm-hmm. Deutsche Afrika Corps, mm-hmm. uh, which I understand they the instructions, they say, you know, we recommend that you play this with, I don't know what, maybe three, six guys or something. Okay. Have one guy in charge of supply, have one guy in charge of tactics, or, you know, strategics, this, have one guy in charge of that. So Yikes. like like generals that's of, what they of recommend. different, yeah, that's kind of what they they talk about. Well, this is what I remember about it. Okay. Do you have um, that game? I don't. Oh, okay. It's one of those ones that I always mm-hmm. thought I should have just because it was gigantic and mm-hmm. it was only eighty dollars, which looking back is not that big a deal. But right. I think now it's yeah, a lot I kinda more wish because I it's would out of print. I wish that. I'd had yeah. it just to have it. I think uh, Doug has it. But anyway, would there be any possibility of somebody saying, Okay, I'll do all the prep fire. You do all of the you know No. No. Advancing fire. Nope. Is that going to move things? Just as that, slow. That is not going to move things along any quicker. Nope. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. Okay. Because it's in the same phase. Yeah. So that's yeah. where you want to split right. it up. Yeah. yeah. I would think that'd be, you're going to play one guy's in charge of supply? That's exciting. Yeah. Something, well, it was, something, it was something like that. But yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of like it would be in real life. You know, <laughs> you've got the logistics I know, I know, officer. I never and you see got combat. The, but yeah, you know, I, run up and down I don't want to be a general in real life yeah. either. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh no i don't yeah i don't you, you have i think it works better in in the last bit actually i think that team play works better um and i think you'll probably find it it probably works pretty well yeah so overall. far so far we are yeah, finding that yeah. yeah because the map's so wide yeah. you know yeah. actions down there aren't going to really affect the actions right. down here much mm-hmm. um and you have to attack along the whole thing Pretty much, yeah. As the Germans, you can't just say I'm going to put all my guys here and attack because then the Russians can just kind of yeah. stuff. That's where you. I think if Dave had a little more at yeah. one of the factories, mm-hmm. it, he would have gotten one quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and he's still going to take one, I think. And if that left goes, he's going to get three buildings there. I could give it up and move in, you know. But I was actually going to counterattack there. That's why I had a strong defense, and he set up to attack it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, we both put like 
eight squads over here on this little side where I was hoping would be weak and I could punch through and grab some buildings of his, you know, but yeah. Um, okay. Interesting. You guys going to post photos? We do have them. Mark was taking them. I don't know about the quality. Yeah, he took fine photos. I don't think it was on his iPhone or something. It, um, I have them all on the computer. I think our Flickr account's filled up. Really? We need to talk about that later. Okay. Um, but well, I look forward to seeing them. You know, I think we'll stop there and uh, call it a show. All what right. Do you think? We've got a lot more coming up on rules for red barricades next and, episode. Yes. Some letters. And many other fascinating things. Right. Bob, can you stay and do another episode with us? I would I love mean, to. Can you come back next week and do another? I would love to come back next week. And All right. Do, do another episode. We'll That'd see be you great. next week. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time. In the meantime, remember to roll low and rally well. But not when you're playing us. It's the greatest day so Oh, we should get him. He's lined up to be a... No, no.